Hello everyone and welcome back to these five songs. I'm really excited for today's episode because I get to chat about some songs that perhaps influenced one of my favorite records of last year. Now, what record is that? Well, it's Maybe by Valley, and if you haven't listened to it yet, you should. There's a reason why they're nominated for the Juno's Breakthrough Group of the Year and have been playing shows with the likes of the band Camino and the Beaches. So please welcome Rob Alaska of Valley to these five songs. Hello. Hello, world. <laughs> Hello, world. Quarantined and corona world. Yes. Crazy. Hello, living room. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah. Hello, the same sweatpants I've been wearing and my unshaven face. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, same here. It's it's been uh, an interesting time to say the least, but I'm excited to uh, to chat about something a little more fun and for sure. I mean, a lot of stuff is canceled, but the one thing that isn't canceled is podcasts, exactly and things like this. so. We're good. <laughs> uh, yeah, and like I was saying, so so Juno's breakthrough group of the year. That's really exciting. Yeah. Um, unfortunately at this time like i i assume it's going to be postponed until a later yeah we we haven't had a lot of info on what's going on i mean rightfully so because there's probably more important things to take care of right now yeah yeah Uh, uh, you know people are dying but yeah it's not really uh, the time to be like what's going on with the junos where's our award but i know hopefully as the you know as they're saying as the curve flattens and stuff will will that kind of stuff will come to light and we'll know more info but yeah right now it's just kind of up in the air but yeah we're not too worried about it we were just honored to be you know nominated and we'll see we'll see what happens but yeah very very thankful very crazy yeah absolutely uh and so the topic that um was decided on today uh Mm -hmm. it's obviously very personal to you it kind of it it reflects around uh your art and and the music you make uh so what is that topic yeah we decided i mean me and you talked a bit and it was yeah the five basically just wanted to pick five songs that kind of influenced the sound of valley kind of all of us together um not just me but kind of just songs that kind of specifically play a role in the way I think me and the band operate yeah. um, and how we make music, how we produce it um, kind of, yeah, it, you know, the list is definitely a lot longer than five, but these are kind of five or six that really um, solidify, I think like the foundation and backbone of how we work. Um, yeah. Which I thought was a cool topic. Uh, I don't usually get to talk about like in depth about those kind of things. So it was fun to, to get the opportunity to. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I kind of, we'll talk about it, but I noticed different songs almost reminded me of songs by Valley. And I was like, oh, I could, yeah. I could maybe see totally. where this yeah. you know, influence. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. We're very much, uh, we very much create in the way we consume. Um, I mean, any, any artist does, uh, which will go into depth into this. I'll, I'll explain that point further, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah, you know, I don't know what the exact saying is, but like, like all art is imitating other art. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. So, um, very much true. And, and so let's let's kick it off. The first song, Fleetwood Mac, Everywhere, yeah. off the album. Yeah. Yeah, man, off the album Tango of the Night, released April 13th, 1987. Um, yeah. I, I think it's kind of remarkable that such a polished record came out of such a turbul- turbulent time uh in the band's history 
Yeah, the late '80s were interesting for Fleetwood, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely, they they kind of all split off uh, after Mirage in 1982, and then um, they all did their own solo projects. Uh, yeah, Stevie Nicks, which is amazing. The Bucking, uh, oh no, that was before Fleetwood, but the Buckingham Nicks record I really like. Yeah, that record's um, great. Yeah, that record, it's stunning. Um, I yeah, mm-hmm. I found out about that through like Sound City, the the Dave Grohl yeah. documentary. Yeah. Oh man, Crying in the Night. Just a beautiful song yeah that's yeah that's the great documentary too but yeah definitely interesting time i mean i wasn't even born yet same uh <laughs> you weren't even born yet um so i guess fleetwood was fleetwood's one of those bands that kind of rose to the surface from not necessarily like some of our parents for sure and some of my, my parents but um fleetwood mac kind of like from when we were like starting out as a band was a really important band to us um partially because of their story and their history was pretty crazy they had just like a lot going on um the songwriting was like extremely extremely like advanced for us and just like really really drove home like elements that we believe in but also um kind of what drew us to video mac from the very beginning was we actually like they kind of met in the same way that valley met okay that's kind of why i put that song first um so the way we met as a band we actually like me so it's me kara mike and alex yep alex plays bass and sings and kara sings and plays drums mike plays guitar and does samples and bunch of stuff and then i sing and play guitar and basically me and alex I went to high school together and like had, we were always doing music, you know, in some form we're in different bands and just doing recording and Karen and Mike were a separate thing. They were doing their own thing um, together. And so we got double booked at a studio. That's like literally how we met. Like me and Alex booked studio time and then Karen and Mike booked studio time. And then the recording engineer basically realized he fucked up. (laughs) He was like, shit, I double booked both these bands. (laughs) Like, what are we going to do? And then that's literally how me and Alex met Karen and Mike. And we were like, oh, whatever you guys are doing is really cool. We should start a band. Which then later we found out, because we were already like pretty big Fleetwood Mac fans, but later we found out that Fleetwood Mac kind of met the same way. They kind of like got double booked. I don't know if it was at Sound City or where it was, but I know they met kind of like, I think one of them was doing like something with Tom or something was going on in the sense that they kind of got double booked. So we thought that was always funny. And that's why Fleetwood Mac has always kind of been in like the bloodline of the band in terms of like their story and aura. And on top of that, um, everywhere by Fleetwood Mac is a song I covered in like high school. And like, it was like my first time ever singing on a recording and like recording. I, I did everywhere with Alex. I remember sending that recording to Mike and Kara before we were in a, even in a band being like, Oh, this is my cover of everywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just like really important song it's definitely one of my like desert island songs it's just like it's such a vibe and like just amazing melodies it's like again so the songwriting is just so advanced in terms of like how the song moves and the parts and there's that really beautiful arp synth that oh. is just like <laughs> my life like that arpeggiating synth yeah um and there's that like post part where like the bass note just sits on one note yeah. and then the arp just goes over it and it's just so stunning um and yeah to think that that was you know cut to tape and shit like it's crazy um yeah i don't know it's just yeah a classic 
uh, beyond classics. Yeah, um, and and so Lindsey Buckingham, like the reason that this record kind of sounds so interesting is that mm-hmm. it, it did take a tremendously long time to make. This album took almost yeah. eighteen months, <laughs> which is insane. Yeah, and like that's that is not a common record cycle and, and at, making cycle. <laughs> no, and entirely not. And at the time, like it's kind of funny. So. Uh, this album came together in almost a similar way that you were saying with with Valley. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, Christine McVie was recording a cover of Can't Help Falling in Love um, for like a movie soundtrack, and then Lindsay, right. yeah, Lindsay Buckingham, he was doing a song for the Back to Fu- Back to the Future soundtrack. Um, yep, and then they kind of all just ended up becoming entangled again, and we're like, well, I guess let's make a Fleetwood Mac record. Um, yeah let's just try it <laughs> yeah and and it's it's crazy too because like partially why this record took so long is because is because lindsey buckingham he was constantly doing these new production techniques um right in, including i don't know if you know but like the so the intro guitars are like they're brought down to half speed like it's an acoustic oh, right and an electric i remember reading about this yeah yeah and and so that's how you would kind of create these like you know, lush textural sounds. And then totally. he also would play and sample some of the other uh, members of the band through like a drum pad. Oh, the duh, Yeah, duh, exactly. Duh. Yeah, I love those vocal samples. So it's it, uh, it's crazy. Yeah, that... it was like pretty revolutionary. I mean, I'm not going to say revolutionary, but it's like pretty, like even for like 87, right? Mm-hmm. It's like pretty, I don't know. It was like not maybe revolutionary, but it's definitely like, Lindsay's yeah like a just a, like a brainchild at the time just like cut like sampling and cutting things up and yeah like slowing shit down and speeding it like that's all stuff that we do now as Valley because we learned it from that like we love layering acoustic guitars and recording them half time and then they like when you speed them back up they sound like mandolin-y and chimey exactly, yeah. and uh yeah a lot of those like big like we take a lot from Fleetwood with those chimey guitars a lot of the 12 string kind of just like these like walls of sound that they built on their records is something we do a lot. Um, especially on the new album we're making now, even on maybe there's a lot of beautiful, like strummy acoustics. There's like a song called name dropper. I, I was like, going to say literally. straight out of Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> that, I, yeah. I, I have a note written down that was yeah. name dropper has a similar vibe to the song. So Fleetwood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we try to, we take a lot from their book. Um, and yeah, just constant inspiration, but yeah, especially on the new record too we're doing a lot of stuff like that i mean when we go to the studio like for name dropper i remember we told our drum tech jordan to like literally make this the drums sound like you know rumors or something we wanted like the 70s fleetwood kit and then we did a lot of layering with like different types of acoustic instruments and slowing things down we were all the things that we've kind of like read about Lindsay and and that band doing is yeah super important in our workflow so yeah Overall, super important band, really yep. important song to us. Definitely Desert Island. And I think, yeah, the whole band kind of lives and breathes through that song. It's kind of like one of the, like, I don't know, uh, it's a, it's a flagship a, kind of yeah. songs for us, for sure. It. Uh, I, I also like the thing that I thought was kind of interesting is this is a late 80s record. So it's 87. And I think in my mm-hmm. kind of, what I can gather, it, it seems like one of the last like actual, you know, rock albums of the eighties that had that kind of slick production and sheen over it. 
Um, Definitely. Before it got a little ex- like experimental. Because I guess, I don't know exactly when 87, like between the digital and tape age, like yeah. by the late 80s, there was a lot going on. There was a lot of transition, well, uh, like especially in recording technology. Yeah. But, and, and by 88, like so in 1988, you have like uh, Surfer Rosa by the Pixies, Daydream yeah. Nation by Sonic Youth, Nothing Shocking by Jane's Addiction. So it's like yeah, this, a lot. this whole new like grungy kind of more raw sound that's being pushed into yeah. the mainstream. So And almost like reversed. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, but yeah, no, absolute classic for sure. Uh, the last yeah. record with the, the kind of classic lineup of Fleetwood Mac. Um, yeah. Yeah. Crazy uh so let's move on to the next song which is mm-hmm. new radicals you get what you give off the album yeah maybe you've been brainwashed too. released such a good title right i love that title <laughs> I, I like it's just it's so bold and like yeah and this record in general i think is super bold yeah um you know they're pop songs but they're wrapped up in like a lot of like kind of like nasty not nasty but just like it's a very like intense culturally pop record for like the night like the late 90s like greg alexander was like a lot of these lyrics are kind of like shoddy lyrics and there's a lot of kind of like deep shit in this album yeah that was wrapped up in like really jangly pop music it's Um, it's super cynical (laughs) like yeah it is man like you get like this song is amazing and it's one of uh, the reason i picked it is I wouldn't say the New Radicals are like the pinnacle band for us to Valley, but this particular song is just, it's literally the perfect classic sounding song to yeah. me. Like, I think, I think if someone played it to me in like 40 years, I'd still be like, man, that is just a perfect, like that, just the feeling this song gives me is like so, it's iconic to me. And like, I don't, a lot of songs we won't deem iconic, but this song is iconic yeah. in, in more ways than one. I think lyrically, they're just like crazy. Like Greg is just like spitting out so much shit at the end with like oh, Marilyn man. Manson yeah. and stuff. It's just like FDA. It's, all the... <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Like lyrically, it's just like, it's almost like the nineties version of like, love it. If we made it by 1975, like, it's yeah, just like, yeah. this, like he's just kind of like spitting a bunch of shit out that he's thinking in his head about like culture and shit and how annoying it is and kind of he maybe he maybe got the short end of the stick and like but it's wrapped up in like this like mr blue sky like elo it just feels so fucking good and i and that's the reason why it's in so many movies and stuff like it's it's, it was synced so many times in like 2000s movies it used to be in so many movies and it just has a very iconic feel to it um and it's it's a dance song like you can dance to it and it's such we love that juxtaposition as valley like the best like it's it's out like the best example is like yeah like i want to dance somebody by whitney houston it's such a happy song but if you read the lyrics it's pretty sad and somber like Mm -hmm. she's kind of sad and like this is the same idea like the juxtaposition of like dance and like pop but with pretty dark lyrics is like what i think is the secret code to making something really special yeah and, and it's also and this that song does it really well it's it's that chorus too which i think is like oh one of the best choruses of all time i would probably say oh it's yeah and the video is also iconic yeah, the so mall. iconic <laughs> it's amazing yeah and, and again simple chorus um 
the chorus isn't like really saying much the verses obviously are packed with stuff but the chorus is just this like lifting like don't let go you only get what you give like it's again just the perfect kind of song structure to to us um and like we have a song called like there's still light in the house mm -hmm. and it's like the same idea where it's like you know obviously not it's not as dark as this song lyrically maybe but it's it's the same idea of like packing a verse and a bridge and telling story, but the chorus is just kind of this like, Simple, I'd like to call you on the way home. Yeah. Another precious call the way song out, like just like a statement um, that really carries the song. And yeah, this is just, yeah, forever and ever is going to be a special song to me. It makes me think of being a kid. It makes me think of, you know, watching movies as a kid. It makes me think of like being at the grocery store and hearing it in the aisles you know, with my, like, you know, sh grocery shopping with my parents. Like, yeah. it's just, um, when I think of, like, 90s, like, late 90s, like, pop rock band, I, I just think of this, like, the New Radicals. And I don't think, I think Greg Alexander, I don't know what happened to him. I know he, like, this is probably, I think, the only album they ever did. And then he kind of, yeah. I'm not going to say he went crazy, but I think he kind of, like, got fed up with the industry and stuff. I don't well, know what he, happened, but I think he kind of... So, basically, what happened is um, they put out this single. It was the first single off the album. Mm -hmm. um, and then a few, like, I think literally four months later, he put out a press release himself that was saying that he was done with the industry. Uh, right. He was focusing on production because he wanted to be you know, more like, these, scenes, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, and he's went on to write songs like the game of love, uh, by Santana. Um, right. And he, he wrote the music for begin again, which was like that musical with Adam oh, Levine. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I guess he, he, he won in some way, you know, I, maybe he's happier now because I would hope I know. Yeah. He had such a look too. Like there's that one MTV performance of the song where he's like wearing those like kangaroo hats. <laughs> yep. So he never really showed his face. No. He like, to me, he was like, like growing up, he was kind of an icon to me because he was just mysterious. He just like made this one record, didn't really show his face. He had this like kind of swaggy white kid 90s look. <laughs> like it was just, he was interesting and like, I remember listening to this album a lot in, in like the tail end of high school. There's that other song, uh, Someday We'll Know. Oh, beautiful. Great song. There's like one line in that that always gets me. It's like, uh, did the captain of yep. the, uh, the captain of the Titanic cry? Yeah. I'm like, fuck. That's, <laughs> that's making me think. But yeah, he's just, yeah, great writer. And yeah, this song, again, just like a, a, another flagship song for us. It's just, it just sounds, it's a classic. It's iconic it's very rare that you put this on and people don't go, Oh, I love, like, I know this song or I love this song. It's just no matter, you know, what you listen to it, it you can't, I don't think it's, you can't deny it's, it's a hit. And so you kind of mentioned like the, the sense of nostalgia uh, with the yeah. song, but it, it's not, you know, per se, like invoked by the production style. It just kind of has this like mm -hmm. connection uh, that's instantly yeah. recognizable with like, you know, 1999 and that, that whole time. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. I found that stock SO has like that, yeah. that gain vocal, yeah. like the child gain vocals kind oh, of thing. Yeah. Uh, stock SO, we definitely, I mean, that's another example of us pulling from an era. I mean, that one we really went like a hundred percent with, but yeah, yeah, that, that song again was inspired by like, you know, there's like a fresh Prince of Bel-Air vibe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and there's like an Aaron's Aaron's like an Aaron Carter kind of like, by i don't know it's just like very late 90s 2000s 
but it has a twist on it because it still feels a little modern like the actual song the main sample that starts the song is a snapchat so kara's friend sent sent a snapchat over yeah and we chopped it up kind of like what you were saying with lindsey buckingham like we chopped up the snapchat on like a drum pad and like made a sample out of it okay but we made it sound very like 2000 so it's like using modern technology but kind of putting it in a place that's not exactly modernized but then we put our voices on it which makes it feel new so yeah it's the same yeah that's a great example of us kind of trying to take a vibe that maybe you know we we long for in a song and like making it modern at the same time and like it's crazy like this song like this new radical song like it you know it kind of, I feel like it's going to be a song that's always going to jump in and out of being modern, but like it's, it's always going to be classic, but like I put it on like the other day in my headphones. I was like, damn, like this still holds up. Like if someone put this out now, it would hold up like crazy. Well, didn't they? And like, I know it has, like there's that one pop artist. I don't know exactly who did it, but like it did go out to radio again, but it was like it was covered like an EDM it, remix, right? Yeah. And yeah. like it became because the melody and the lyric are like so strong like it like it, it holds up in in a lot of forms but but yeah anyways really important song just ultimate like if it's summertime or anytime it's like my ultimate feel good song it just like makes make it makes a lot of sense why it did what it did yeah um yeah super special uh and moving on to the next song on the list uh mm-hmm. cold play life in technicolor off the album viva la vida yeah. or death and all his friends released june 12th 2008 yes yeah so this this is the intro track to the record um mm-hmm. and uh brian eno is actually credited on this album yep. as producer but he's also One credited yeah he's also credited as being behind like the sonic landscapes of the album that's actually what it says yep uh a lot of uh a lot of like ambient stuff he added yeah so this i mean coldplay is like yeah uh i think one of the only bands that has managed to live on through so many like almost generations of people Mm -hmm. um i mean a lot of bands have but in terms of like relevance yeah um you know they came on the scene late 90s early 2000s and like yeah, I feel like, you know, someone's like, like someone's parents were like into them at that time. And now like their kids are into them and like their kids might be like, you go to a Coldplay show and like you see the parents with the kids, yeah. like they've just yeah. surpassed and they've managed to stay relevant. And like, I just have a big, like, I just admire, we admire them a lot as a band because of just how they've grown and they've managed to always find ways to open up to collaboration and develop and like, you know, not just become that band that had that one yellow song. Like they've consistently put out music that is like connected with people. And yeah, it's just like really special. You don't see that in a lot of bands, like to have such a cult following and build such a special kind of like family around their band. And, you know, they it's, you know, continuing to do like, it just keeps growing. And, you know, I, I, I don't see a lot of that. I know maybe the killers have also done that. They've been around for a while and they've consistently, you know, played the shows they play and like built something really special. And like, there's obviously a lot of bands, but Coldplay for us specifically has been like 
always a goal for us just of how timeless i think they feel yeah they're not they don't feel like particularly a time they just feel like they've always been there and i think that's really hard to do as a band and like you know you two kind of did it too there's just not a lot of like arena size level bands that you know can hold and develop that much um you know they're consistently putting out albums that are that are getting received really well and just like actually great songwriting mm-hmm. and like not you know yeah it's just really special i think yeah they're a special band for us and this record in particular is really special because it was like this came out like i don't know how old i was when this record came out but like maybe like grade nine or something. It was like at a time where like internet wasn't as crazy. Spotify didn't really exist. Like I had Viva La Vida and all these Coldplay songs just on my iPod shuffle, like a little, or iPod clip. Like I remember my clip (laughs) and I would just shuffle these songs on repeat. Um, I remember I was like in Europe at the time because my parents were from Europe and we were in Poland and like I would listen to like this album on repeat. Um, yeah, and this album sonically, it's something we strive to achieve a lot, and we do we did do on our last record maybe where Coldplay does a really good job of like linking and sewing songs together. Yeah, I like was Life gonna, in Technicolor. <laughs> there's like a lot of sonic stuff like Life in Technicolor. This song is just like honestly some of the like in headphones is probably one of the most beautiful things I ever heard in my life. Yeah. Like there's just it's so beautiful, and then that guitar like mandoliny things comes in, and it's just one massive build. And we like to do that with Valley songs a lot is we build them a lot. You know, they'll start quiet and by the end they're like this big gigantic moment. And Coldplay has just always done that really well. And like, like this record, this record has like life and technicolor part two. Mm-hmm. And then if there's a song called the escapist that also uses the same sounds and it's just kind of like this whole beautiful, like Easter egg hunt throughout the album of like hearing all these sounds repeating and, we did that a lot with maybe with like the main maybe sample, you know, the the, the album opens up with a sample and then yep. it ends in watery brain with the same sample. And those are all things we've taken from Coldplay, like straight up. We rip a lot of those ideas from Coldplay records because that's how they've kind of like built stories with their albums. And I think it's really important. And Viva La Vida is probably their most like conceptual, beautiful sonic album they've ever made. I, I really love Milo Xylito too. And, and you know, Headful Dreams and all the newer stuff, but Viva La Vida just hit a core, I think, for me, especially in the band, because it was at a time when we weren't necessarily a band yet. We were like just lit- listeners of music, and yeah, this album just did a lot, and yeah, just the use of sampling and how Brian Eno like created these like textures of all this like white noise and and foley, and there's just so much depth to the songs and. This song in particular, I think, describes Valley really well. It starts with just this like loop and then it just like builds to this big band ending. And uh, if you looked at our songs on a graph, it usually kind of feels like that. It kind of builds, 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 and then it drops. Yeah. Um, Not always. We're definitely exploring, but like that's a that's something we use a lot to kind of build emotion in a song. Entirely, yeah. I, I was gonna say also, like, so according to to Chris Martin, someone had heard this song uh, with vocals attached to it still uh, before the record was out, and they said, "Well, that that's an obvious single." And so he was like, "Well, I let's strip the vocals off of it, keep it as an instrumental track." And wow. I, I think it kind of like it's this idea of uh, serving the album more than you know uh, 
doing it specifically as writing this song. It's kind of like right that this serves the album as a whole. Um, and yeah, yeah maybe it's, in it's water... the whole picture versus yeah, I totally understand that. And during writing uh, on maybe like with maybe and watery brain uh, and all the little <laughs> pieces in between, um, <clears throat> did the purpose revolve around you know this as a full album aside from kind of writing these individual songs? Was that always yeah. in the back of your mind? Yeah, definitely. We we've always operated with like you know the North Star always being a big body of work. Mm-hmm. We're we're really visual and very like connected listeners and. We're learning how to balance it out because not everyone is like that. We've realized we love to listen to albums and we love, you know, full stories and like beginning to end things. And and I think for maybe we had to do that and, and it just felt right as our first album. And, you know, because we, we grew up on Coldplay records and stuff like that, it was important for us to do it. Um, so we kept that in mind a lot. Like I had the maybe intro kind of programmed and sampled long before we had the title even and then we always knew watery brain would be the last one with the same sample and like all the other songs, like a phone call in Amsterdam has samples from, from different songs and stock is so has uh, the kids rap, which is like also in name dropper at the very end. And then also an old song that we have called you also has that, that verse. So like we've always thought big picture and we've always connected the music with things like that. Um, and even on our, on the new record that we're making now, you know, we're not connecting everything as much, but we're always keeping in mind like samples and sonics and lyrics and stuff and how we can, you know, put them in a few different spots and how do we like make it feel like one body of work. And, and like you said, serve the album, not just a single or a set of singles. Um, Cause I think people do pay attention to that. And, you know, we get people all the time being like, Whoa, like I heard, the same line in this song as in this song and i heard the same sound and i heard this and you know people also aren't you know silly they they they, you know they they care a lot about the music and they listen to it and they can pick up on things like that and you know that's the stuff that i picked up when i was younger with coldplay records and you know all these songs that we're talking about today so it's uh it's definitely coldplay is super good at that and yeah we there's no uh to us there's not you know, there's no other more timeless band right now. Um, and one that's as relevant. They've just really mastered the, the, the deed of relevance. Yeah. And, and staying true to their art. And even this last album they put out, like Everyday Life, I believe it's called. It's like just so uh, beautifully connected and has a lot of, again, repeating samples and repeating things going on. And yeah, just super super important to us we've learned a lot from just studying their albums uh absolutely and and so the next track uh moving on bonnie Mm -hmm. bear michigan yeah uh off the the album bonnie bear released june 17th 2011 um yeah another like beautiful song and and also kind of just tickles like every space of your eardrums almost yeah yeah very sonically pleasing album uh, I put Bon Iver down. Bon Iver is like a super special band to me particularly, but I've I've seen the band open up to Bon Iver, like not open up their their fans, but um, I just talk about Bon Iver a lot and like they've learned to like understand what I pull from from Justin's music and, mm-hmm. and how it influences the Valley. And um, 
that album is super important. I mean, I discovered Bon Iver really early on in high school. Um, I'm a huge fan. I mean, if you went in my room, it's only Bon Iver posters. Like, <laughs> okay. It's like I have this album framed and a few other things and a poster from a show. Like, very influenced by Justin's work and just like his mentality on, on life and music. And um, I've like gone to his hometown. Like me and my girlfriend did a road trip and we went to like a hotel that he opened up and we got to like stay in his hometown. And I've just like lived and breathed a lot of his music super influenced by this record in particular i mean forever forever go is also a really important album to me but this album came around at a time when i started like studying music and starting to get a little more into recording and it was the first album that like i heard differently okay yeah. um it was like the first album that i like listen in headphones and like it's a weird thing when you like when you start understanding recording I sometimes envy people that like don't get it and like have a more just a different lens of how they hear music. But it was this was the first album where I started like understanding like vocal recording and I started recording at home and like I put this album in headphones and like I started hearing things differently in like a cool way and I started like studying what they did and how they like were just like all the panning going on and the guitars and the layering and it was the first time my eyes like really opened up to music, like what's going on just beyond the song. And this song, this album is a good opportunity for me to do that because, you know, lyrically it's very phonetic and conscious. Um, a lot of the songs that Justin wrote on this album are like phonetics and just the way things sound, but like finding the meaning is totally up to interpretation. Mm -hmm. That was a big part of Maybe too. A lot of the lyrics on Maybe were very subconscious and like phonetic. And there's a lot of lines that, you know, some a lot of people come to us and be like, I don't really know what this means, but it makes me feel a certain way. It makes me feel sad <laughs> or it makes me feel happy. Yeah. And that's what Bon Iver has always been for me. You know, you study his lyrics, even on the newer album, 20 to a million or the latest one. There's, you know, lyrically, it's hard to understand him, but it's like you listen to him and you either feel like you, you get what he's trying to evoke emotionally, even though if you don't know what he's trying to say. Yeah. Um, you find like yeah, your this, own connection almost exactly yeah. and that's always that's always been like the relationship i have with with bon Iver, and it's been really important i've learned a lot from listening to his albums and this song in particular is really beautiful and i don't really still know what it's about um you know one time at a show he said it's about the things you can't do in michigan <laughs> so i don't know yeah but, I, uh, I found that I was, I was trying to kind of like yeah. get a sense of it it, it kind of yeah it, it's definitely a, I, I think about like past memories and almost like it's definitely nostalgic you know i was a boy yeah i was afraid i was a tender age he's definitely thinking back on on you know maybe his time at school or something but yeah it's uh it's yeah i, I can't describe it because a lot of it, a lot of his music i just like the lyrics i tried to decipher them but it's just like a feeling i get when i listen to it and his voice is just like so powerful and the inch and all of his his whole band is amazing you know there's a guy named sean carey that does a lot with the, with the music and just like an extremely talented group of people that make those those albums happen and big inspiration for me like justin has just built such a community around his band and um and actually a big part of valley and bon Iver, that's a big connection is um he uses this sampler called an op1 this is getting a little techie but <laughs> that's, that's all right <laughs> it's, it's a really important part of like how i make music okay he uses this thing called like an op1 which is like a digital portable sampler that the swedish company makes um called teenage engineering but anyways on his new album like or his 
like one of his albums called 22 a million he started using it a lot like it's basically sampler that you can like it's like a little portable keyboard that you can record your voice or anything you hear into like field noise and you can like make samples out of it so like i can literally just record like uh into it and then it'll be like uh 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 uh, uh. like it'll just go all over the keyboard yeah and i can like you know really manipulate noises and i remember i i got one of those because i was so inspired by his album sonically and it pretty much like changed Valley's life. We use an OP one on every song and it's how we get a lot of unique sounding textures. Yeah. Um, a lot of the like Brian, Eno type noises on our record and like boys and girls, there's like a transition track called you are here. There's like a bunch of stuff on our album that is a lot of like ear candy and like ambient noise. And even like the maybe sample that opens the album and closes like the, uh, uh, is, uh, is OP one. So that's another big part of why Boney Vera's. Yeah been a huge inspiration for me particularly like discovering that instrument through him i uh it opened up like a whole new set of doors for valley we use it so much um it's a really important instrument i wouldn't even call it an instrument it's like a it's like a life tool for me like i record so much stuff to it when i'm on like a plane or on a train or outside i'll just like record birds or something you know like, i can make birds into a synth sound and then, then that will, like it's 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 really that's, that's crazy cool yeah uh, it's a big part of like yeah that album that I was talking about 22 million so yeah bony bear huge inspiration um makes me feel you know that album just reminds me of like high school a lot uh michigan particularly just reminds me of high school and like the relationship i was in high school and just like a lot of like again like nostalgic things i think that's why i picked that one because it makes me feel very nostalgic and like makes me feel like a kid um which I've noticed is a lot of stuff that Valley points to a lot of music that, that influences us, makes us think of the past. And I think that's what we do with maybe as well. Mm-hmm. Our music, a lot of the time makes you think back, not forward. And I think that's important. A lot of songs that kind of changed our life are kind of pointing towards that feeling. Um, and maybe is definitely a nostalgic album. It definitely feels like kind of like a movie or like, a, you know, entering your 20s but looking back on your teens you know uh album conceptually so yeah this song in particular super special love bon Iver, love justin really lucky to have you know met him i met him on my birthday actually which was crazy oh that's that's great um, and i got to you know hang out with him for a bit and yeah it was just like the one time i met one of my heroes and like it lived up to everything he was just the kindest guy and yeah, just super fortunate to have had time with him. And yeah, love Boney Bear. Super special. <laughs> um, and, and just one final thing with this song. So yeah, uh, we, we kind of talked about like the, you know, all these, these soundscapes that, that go into this mm-hmm. song and, and his work. Um, another song that you had on the list before narrowing it down to five uh, was How to Draw slash, yeah. slash Petrichor by the 1975. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, man, that song is so special for, I mean, numerous reasons. I actually listened to another podcast that talks about this song called Tape Notes, and uh-huh. Maddie and George from the band kind of broke down how they made the song. And it was really cool, and that, like it even made my, you know, my love for the song grow more. But um, they're another band that's the kind of just, I think, managed to sustain and stay relevant and also just like grow and change so much, but still keep their fans like kind of like more committed than ever i don't know they've just like they're just 
one of, I, I would say, the best bands in the world in terms yeah. of just, like, consistently breaking boundaries with music and, like, not really giving a fuck about, what, like, what people think and just, like, adapting. And anything they make that's even left of center still feels like them. And I think that's super important. And we've always loved just their use of, like, sonic landscape. And I think George and Maddie, especially those two, those two are, like, just like paul like they're like lennon and paul to me like Mm -hmm. they're just like so that relationship in that band is so special and what they make is crazy um and how to draw is just a again such a classic valley formula like in terms of songwriting because it's it's this kind of like ambient piece again that starts with just this like kind of vocoder beautiful melody and maddie's voice and then it builds into this like modular synth beat that gets like very uk garage for a second and then it turns into this again just keep bubbling and bubbling and building and then you get this huge payoff with maddie's like intense verse at the end and then it just goes back down to a piano it actually kind of reminds me of like watery brain where it builds very slow and then it gets crazy 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 and and then kind of watery brain ends with just like this like piano me and Kara in a room, like on an iPhone, like voice note. Um, And yeah, that, that, that's just like, that really connects with us. And that song, yeah, particularly it's not, you know, there, it's not a single or anything, but that song has always connected with us just because there's so much going on. And again, it's one of those songs you put on in headphones and you study because there's just so much amazing production stuff going on that we steal all the time. Like there's, there's like a vocal in that song that George, like, took the bass and like made it like automated the bass with maddie's vocal and then there's that modular synth part that he programmed that's like incredible and it's cut up in such a way and the drum beat is like insanely unique because like it doesn't feel like 4-4 but it is and like i don't know there's just so much in that song that you can study and that's what we've done with their music since the beginning since their first album and even the stuff they're putting out now um we study a lot because they're not they they don't set trends in the sense of setting trends they they do what they want and you know people people you know may see it as a trend but it's just like they're just so un, unapologetic and just like do what they feel and they'll, they'll genre bend like crazy and they'll it'll still feel like a 975 song and that's really that's the sign of a band that's doing things right i think mm-hmm. uh, that's a band that's going to be around for a long time um, is when you're you know you're bold and and you 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 grow and you change but you still kind of remain the same it's hard to do and they do it really well so yeah this song huge shout out yeah to that song and again they've and you got to look back on like this all connects because like the 975 um you know really looked up to brian Eno, like music for airports and all those albums so it's like you can see where they got their influence from. And the same thing with Coldplay is like they got, you know, they, you know, got Brian Eno on board. Like you can kind of, when you study the music enough, you can kind of see where they're pulling from in the past. Um, the 975 do that a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they pull from the Blue Nile. Like there's an album called Hats that they pull from a lot. And you can hear a lot of what they're doing in that album. Yeah. And Bowie with that Love Me song. Like there's just so much that they also take from the past. And it's not necessarily ripping off. It's just taking elements that they feel are core elements and songs that like connect to people for some reason and they make it their own. And yeah, huge, huge shout out to them. They're, they're amazing. And 
yeah that song is super that song's a trip man like if you're on a train late at night or driving late at night like that on it's like it's definitely like a moment it's yeah. pretty crazy yeah the whole <laughs> i have now yeah. learned how to it's like just yeah, so it's like crazy. What? <laughs> and the end like the beat at the end is insane like it honestly feels like you're on drugs or something yeah. like sonically <laughs> like the like the drums and everything it just feels like all the instruments in the song are like kind of lsd or crazy yeah uh, but, um yeah but yeah ni- 1975 uh fantastic um, heck yeah so let's move on to the last track on this list uh, yes baby girl i wish yeah. i never met you off the EP oh yeah lovers fevers released august 31st 2018 um, yeah so this is local these are actually our friends yeah um i wanted to end with baby girl because it kind of leads segues into what we're up to now and um for anyone that's listening or i don't know if you even know they're baby girl or a, a local toronto group they're a duo um we call them kiki and cam okay they're uh they're amazing they have one of the most incredible stories ever and um i won't go into too much to bore people but it's it's an amazing um i mean it's not boring to me but <laughs> if people want to get to this song but uh yeah kiki and cam are amazing they're really close collaborators to us uh this new album that we're writing uh we've written a lot with them we did a writing trip and and we're always working on stuff together um our first new single that's coming out this year was written with them and they're just really good friends of ours and we look up to them so much um even though they're friends they're uh they're incredible incredible writers and incredible artists and they're doing some crazy things now i mean they they were about to go on tour with loud in europe okay yeah um they uh they kind of kind of spend time a lot of time in la now they they, they're in toronto now but they go back a lot and they work with some incredible artists and they're they're writing for other people but they're also writing for their project um just probably one of the best lyrical writers ever um kiki and cam have this like brain connection like they have such a balance like kiki and cam just have this yeah like balance of writing and and they just know how to like really drive a concept home but not make it corny and like yeah all yeah, their exactly. songs are so particular um and this particular song is one of my favorites um there's like uh there's just so many funny lines like uh dinner at 7-eleven and like just so many like again iconic they really feel iconic to us um they're probably like our favorite band in terms of like our friends um we look up to them a lot and yeah so that's why yeah I wanted to really, really uh, use this as an opportunity to showcase them because, um, yeah, I think they're going to do really amazing things in the next, you know, two to three years. They're, they've been working really hard and they have a bunch of new stuff coming out. And, yeah, we, we've learned a lot from them. I remember the first writing session we ever did with them. Um, they were just so, like, blatantly honest. We didn't really know them that well at the time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they're just so good at, like, giving criticism and constructive like they basically sat us down and they were like this song's cool like we were writing a song and they're like but this doesn't make sense and this line doesn't make sense and like we can make this better and this better you know they have a very like great critical mind but they also are such powerful like artists on their own and they Mm -hmm. know they just like really have mastered the craft of writing a good song and we we use them as ears and we we you know we use them a lot to kind of help us out with things and their opinions are just always so yeah important to us and yeah 
just really amazing writers love them so much and this whole ep um like is amazing um soft is amazing you know they, they haven't written a bad song in my opinion but i wish i never met you is kind of just like uh one that i really connect to lyrically it's just like so witty <laughs> yeah and it, it kind of like it, it stands out on this list because you know it's less kind of sonically um you know over... yeah it's kind of bedroom poppy yeah exactly but that's the beauty of baby girl like sonically they have such a thing where it's like it does feel like a little bedroom recording like they have such a but it's so lush and clean at the same time because their voices are so like their voices are like melting ice cream they're just it's so (laughs) soft but if you really like study their songs they're literally pop songs wrapped up in like really beautiful kind of more bedroomy production and i think that's what's actually why people are noticing finally and you know they're getting a lot of recognition from like a, like just a, you know people that we look up to and, and I think people are starting to realize that they're that they've been onto something for a while because it's just it's such great writing that's just wrapped up in like this like really beautiful vibe and yeah yeah and the Super. the kind of like honesty and um it, it's just like really simple honest like witty lyrics and it kind of reminds me of um like Liz Fair pre label yeah. years. Yeah. Yes. Like the old Matador record stuff. Um, yeah. yeah. Just it's great. crazy. Like these lyrics are insane. Like trying to forget the seven minutes we had in heaven. Now mm-hmm. at 11, 11, mixing liquor and pot, heard your brain cells can <laughs> rot. If my memory was shot, I would like that a lot. Or texted, texted and saw you read it. Lately, I'm so pathetic. Dinner at 7 Eleven. Like there's just, lyrically it's like they've always have the per- they've always had the perfect blend of like it makes sense but it also feels like very chandelier-y and it just yeah, still feels yeah. like not corny and just like it still tells a story but in like a way that i don't know it's just unique and yeah hugest shout out to baby girl cam and kiki are, are just so amazing um, um and and with baby girl being an artist from toronto uh do you yeah. find another major influence for you has been you know just going to local shows or, or a yes. lot of local acts 100 percent. yeah i love i mean toronto has has a scene of its own that's really special and not talked about that much um it's definitely interesting because like as a band we you know our, a lot of our team is in america and we we tour a lot of the states mm-hmm. uh, we don't tour canada that much yet you know we there's a lot of stuff going like a lot of like our Spotify listeners and stuff have, have grown in the States. So we've done a lot of stuff in America, but Toronto is, is special on its own. Um, like we write a lot in LA and Nashville and New York, and we've written all over the place, but Toronto on its own is really special to us. And there's a lot of, you know, artists that are doing amazing things. Um, and we have so many friends that are, uh, yeah, that are doing stuff in Toronto that, yeah, we love. And if anyone's listening, yeah, there's, listen to baby girl um there's also our friend emily rose who's amazing people should go listen to her um no disco like there's just so many toronto acts now um the accents like so much um good stuff so yeah we have a huge huge special soft spot for toronto um you can pretty much go out any weekend i mean not right now because times are crazy but yeah you know a few months ago you could probably go out on any night in toronto or like any weekend and there'd be something going on either at yep. the horseshoe or the rivoli or lees or 
or sneaky d's or like it, there's just so much good music always happening and um yeah which sometimes people don't realize but yeah toronto is is really special i'm thinking uh-huh. maybe this this little isolation break will kind of bring back like the idea of really like going to local shows and and 100 supporting local acts because you know it's yeah, you a... realize what what's missing when it's taken exactly. away from you you know yeah um, um which yeah. in general i think is a good thing i think i think more than ever people now are realizing like what they can actually live without and what they can't live without mm-hmm. you know music is definitely live music was one of those things that i don't know if i could ever not live without you know <laughs> completely yeah um, it's like that's that's horrible that sucks yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, got, I can only watch so many of my favorite artists doing live streams like i'm, I'm kind of <laughs> i'm almost over the live stream thing at this point yeah it's it's <laughs> it's i like it but it's just uh it's great like yeah obviously people can get you know one-on-one time and like just like you know you can ask questions and like it's just like a it's very real but you know I I want my you know I want my ears to ring out and I want to be in a venue yeah. and feel the bass <laughs> yeah <laughs> eventually. <laughs> um, are you going? Are you going to any of the Minecraft <laughs> music festivals? Did you oh, see that? Oh, is that happening? Yeah, they're doing like. Oh my uh, gosh! This weekend, American football is playing a Minecraft uh, fest, and then oh, nice. ne- next weekend, football. like uh, Citizen and a bunch of other bands are playing oh, another cool. another one. Yeah, yeah that's another that's like another era of music that I, that I listened to like in high school a lot. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of like local, I remember like I had, I had a buddy, Dan, who would like, we would always go to shows together and stuff. And he introduced me to a lot of like, like I would go to a lot of hardcore shows and just like amazing, like artists, like just like, and I would go to like the Casbah or something and see okay, them yeah. and there'd be like 15 people there. Um, but it was just like such a scene, but yeah, there's a few of the like a lot of like those bands that I was gonna put on this list, but there's so many to pick from. Yeah, <laughs> it's like lots of music. Impossible. <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah, there's so many. Some of the ones that did make the cut, like Manchester Orchestra, was big for me, and like this side project called Bad Books, and um, man, yeah, so much stuff. <laughs> like um, that definitely like seeped into Valley's world. For bad. sure, yeah. yeah. Uh, I feel bad. I've only been talking about like me, 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 and my music. I, <laughs> I feel like now you should talk about your favorite five albums. <laughs> I don't. I don't even. That's the thing. Like, <laughs> I, I don't think I could even uh, think of it right now because it is so like it's such yeah. a personal thing to you. But uh, yeah, yeah. No, I. Is I there mean, anything you're listening to now that you're like, this is sick? Like, what have you been listening oh, to a what lot? I've been listening to. Um, See, I doesn't can't have, even like. Um, let me think. Let me. Let it doesn't me have to be like new, new stuff. Just like stuff. Maybe you've like rediscovered album. Honestly, like the Foster the People. Okay. Um, nice uh, torches. Yeah, torches. I've been nice. like re-listening to that record a lot. Um, Great album. A lot of guided by voices. Um, nice. What else? Honestly, like just a real mix of stuff lately. Sick. Uh, a lot of local bands, that sort of thing. So nice. What local bands? Shout out some local bands. Shout out some local bands. Um, yeah. Hmm, let me I think right them. now. Okay, here here's some recommendations. You should check out Matt Fasulo. He's just a, a solo Sick. artist. Matt Fasulo. I'm gonna write all these down once. Okay. <laughs> Matt, I'm just gonna write it in my notes. 
Okay, so Matt Fasulo. Yeah, so he takes a lot of influence from Bonnie Vare as well. Um, Sick. A lot of that same textural kind of stuff. So check. How do him I out. spell Fasulo? F A S U L L O. Got it. Um, Sick. John's Cottage. That's another good one. That's a sick name. Yeah, uh, they're kind of like have mercy, folksy sort of thing. Cool. Um, and then I would say Certainty, if you've that band. Certainty? Uh, Certainty, yeah. They're kind of like yeah. pop rock. Um, sick. Yeah, all local. Awesome. So check it out. Love local. That's awesome. And, that, and I think that's a good way to, to wrap the episode. Yeah, man. Um, you know, check out some local artists. Check out Valley. Uh, yeah. You know? Lots of music Dude, to listen to right now. Thank you so much. Thanks for doing like all, you know, the research on the songs. It seemed like you had something to say about every song. That was really cool. Yeah, thanks, man. Um, yeah. Um, nice to, yeah, like bounce, you know, for opinions sure. and facts and stuff. Like, yeah, you even taught me some stuff I didn't know about the song. So that's cool. Awesome. I, I was going to say, so the, the final thing every episode, I always ask the guest, mm-hmm. what did we learn today? Oh, man so much i feel like i i uncovered a secret door of things about um i don't know i'm trying to i'm trying to think of a good answer um (laughs) i think that hmm i mean there there's little specific things i learned like i didn't know that Lindsay buckham was like doing all that like i mean i knew some of it but i didn't know Mm -hmm. like that he was like doing like digital stuff with with that record i didn't know if it was like i thought that record was still done on like tape and stuff so there you go i didn't know that but i think i just i think overall just that like um if you if you study like i mean for me at least like i realized how much like songs actually connect like when you it's easy to just kind of like write down your favorite songs but when I sit down and like I, now that I've talked about it for an hour and like I realize how much like these songs actually correlate with each other and there's a reason why they were all selected and um, and it's not that I was picking them like because like specifically that they go together but I just kind of picked them because I've always known them and they're important but you start when you start talking about song to song you kind of realize the things that like you got like you're you're grateful for in a song and like the things that like really influence you and I just having this conversation, I kind of like can hear the different like strings attached between each song, mm-hmm. not um, and like what what I gravitate towards and what the band gravitates towards in all these songs, um, whether it's the drums or the way the acoustics are strung or or the 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 foley and the sampling or or the 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 melody or the lyric and you know, yeah, I think it just made me realize like how subconscious that selection is and like you don't realize until you like really think about it like how much they correlate with each other which i think is cool um i think you know you don't get an opportunity that much in like day-to-day life to actually sit down and talk about why something influences you you know what i mean that's why i love this i I love this like idea that you know this podcast because yeah like how often do you actually like sit down and talk about why something is your favorite song and like in that depth like not that often no. I mean, you just know when it's your, you know, when you like, you know, when you like something and you'll play it and yeah. you listen to it because it makes you feel good. But to actually like look into why it makes you feel good or what, what in the song is actually like makes it a favorite song or, or why it influences you is like super important, I think, to know, especially as an artist. Like, I feel like I've learned more 
um, and I can, you know, talk about stuff more um, intellectually or something. I don't know. I can, you know, speak about it more. But yeah, so that's I guess that's a very long winded answer. Of what... <laughs> that, that's perfect. Uh, thank yeah. you so much, Rob. Uh, yeah, man. Thank you again. This has been a pleasure. Um, yeah, we'll have to do this again sometime. <laughs> For sure. Absolutely. Uh, everyone stay safe out there. Uh, stay yeah. indoors. Um, yeah. yeah, we'll see you soon and we'll, we'll see you at a show. Hopefully right. not in a year. Let's hope a few months, maybe. I don't know. I don't know what the timeline is now, but hopefully very well, not very yeah. soon, but it'll be soon enough. <laughs> Let's hope. All yeah. Right. All right. Sounds good, man. Thanks. Great talking. <laughs>